1: Welcome back to our sit down with Jonathan Anton from the iconic Bravo show Blowout. If you haven't heard part one, go back, listen to part one of our sit down with Jonathan. We cover his beginnings, why and how he decided to start cutting hair, how he got cast in Blowout, where it all began and what Bravo was like back in the day, back in the day, guys, And now stay tuned for part two of our sit down with Mr. Jonathan Antin. I
2: don't really talk a lot about this, but you know, Andy has that, what's his talk show called? Watch.
1: Watch what happens. Watch
2: what happens. So during blowout, I went into Andy's office one day, we were having a meeting and I said, uh, I was pitching him on some other ideas. He wanted to know if I had any other ideas for like spinoff shows. And I said, I think we should do a talk (laughs) show. You know, I think it would be great. Bravo doesn't have any talk shows. I think it'd be great. You know, we could have all the Bravo talent. We're getting more and more. And by then, they had already launched the first Housewives show, which I believe was Orange County. Yeah. And I was doing, what's her name? But, you know, uh, what's the guy, you know, her husband or her boyfriend, Spade, or. A cute young blonde on Orange County Housewives.
1: Well, there was Vicky.
2: No. Remember, she had the boyfriend, kind of handsome. He was on a lot. His his name was like...
1: Slade? Slade. Slade. So you, so you you were doing Gretchen?
2: Gretchen, 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 Gretchen. I'm sorry, Gretchen. I love you. And Slade, you know you're my bro. I love you. I just spaced out for a second. Yeah, I did Gretchen and Slade for everything. And, uh, you know, um, where were we going with us? I was saying before. Anything- oh, you
1: were talking about Watch What Happens.
2: Oh, yeah. So I went into his office and I said, we can have all the Housewives girls on. I said, I do a lot of celebrities. You know, I, I can, I'll get all of them on and we'll be great. And he said to me, I, uh, no, it's not, we don't do uh, talk shows on Bravo. It's not that kind of network. Um, Because I was pitching him like a, you know, a daytime talk show, like a strip daytime talk show, you know? Yeah. Strip daytime talk shows. And I was like, what do you mean you don't do? We can do anything we want. It's your network, you know? I mean, it doesn't have to be live. It can be live to tape, you know? Um, We don't do is like, a you know, redundant, irrelevant, or, or nonsense statement. Like, we can do anything you want. And I'll be a good host, you know. And I'll even do a little extra practicing and studying about hosting, you know. Uh, but, and I said we could do it in the salon while I'm doing their hair. We could do it anywhere, you know, like on a couch, behind a desk, you know, real talk show, however you want. And he said, just said, no, 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 no. And everybody on my team thought it was a good idea. And he said, no. Boom. Next thing you know, six months went by. All of a sudden, he announces his show. Watch what happens. And not only does he announce it, but he puts himself in as the host. When, by the way, there's five million out-of-work hosts in the United States, right, yeah. looking, for, looking for a job. And, you know, he could have hired one of them as the host, which I probably wouldn't have felt as bad about, but the fact that he was, like, putting himself in as the star and even other network heads that I'm friends with, you know, the Barry Dillers and David Geffens, and, you know, all my – friends and clients were like it's kind of ridiculous that he's putting himself in as you know the host he's not a host you know and and everyone even thought that in the beginning that he was very rough around the edges and he's obviously become better now he's great you know i mean i've seen him he does a good job you know the show's good obviously the show's done well he's not going to let the sh- he wasn't going to let the show not do well because He was the, by then, he was the president of Bravo. He went, you know, he moved up from vice president to president. Lauren Zelaznik left, and he took over, you know, with Francis Berwick. And it was his show. So, of course, it was going to do well. You know what I mean? Even if he got, like, had the worst ratings in the world, he wasn't going to take it off air. You know what I mean? He was going to grind it until it did well. And, you know, that was that. And, you know, we had a little Twitter war. And, you know, I maybe said some things like I've already just said to you, which I probably shouldn't have. But we had a Twitter war because I said to him, oh, I saw your new uh, show announcement. Um, That's funny. I kind of recall coming into your office pitching you on a daytime on a talk show, and you told me verbatim, quote unquote, we don't do talk shows on Bravo. Next thing you know, you're doing a talk show on Bravo with all the Bravo talent, which was what I pitched you, but I, I didn't do it in writing, I did it verbally. If I had done it in writing, it would have been a different story. But even my agents said. We're not going to challenge him. We're not going to fight him. No point. It's only It only hurt your career moving forward. And, you know, of course, I was very upset. And when I challenged him on Twitter, everybody on my team said, oh, my God, Jonathan, you got to take that down. You can't do this to Andy. It's not okay. You can't say it was your idea and this and that. And then I was like, you know what? I can do whatever I want. You know? I'm not taking it down, you know? It is what it is. And I left it up for a while, but it kept going the drama around it. So around I me. I eventually ended up taking it down, but it went on for a few months and he replied and said, "I don't know what you're talking about. It's my idea." You know, which maybe In his mind, his version of his show was his idea, but I went into his office and pitched the talk show, you know, and he said to me, we don't do talk shows, but, you know, look. Wow. This happens all day, every day in Hollywood. Yeah. So I'm not the first. I'm not a victim, you know, but it was definitely a bummer, you know, believe me. And I said, and by the way, you launch your own fucking show that is my idea, and you put yourself in as the host just to make it, you know, just to pour salt in the wound, you know, whatever. I was like, there's a a million other hosts waiting for a job. You're already filthy rich, the president of Bravo, like you need more money, and, you know, but whatever, you know, look. Listen, he was the president of Bravo. He, ultimately, he could do whatever the fuck he wanted to do. I was a hairstylist with, you know, a pretty good show that was on in 45 countries and did well, but obviously I didn't have enough pull to make any changes, you know? So it well. That. And by the way, I wasn't, I was livid and I was angry, but I wasn't that bad with Bravo. And I said all this at the time that it happened. But after I said all this, Bravo called me and asked me to do sheer genius. They wanted me to do season one. They wanted me to do season two. I wouldn't do it because it was like a, you know, ensemble cast. And then I went on in season three, you know, and I did season three and four.
1: You could have worked with Jacqueline Smith.
2: I wish I would have gone on and worked with Jacqueline. What's her name? Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, Camilla. Camilla Alves. She was gorgeous and wonderful and beautiful and great to work with. But her accent was very difficult to understand. And we all kind of believe that, you know, made the show kind of tough to watch, you know? The, our episodes were good, a sheer genius. You know, they were, they were, they were everything the show was supposed to be. Listen, I don't know if Jacqueline Smith was the right host, but she started the show and it did well. Uh, I personally would have picked someone else, but she started the show and it did well. And I, I wish she would have stayed when I, when, when it was my when I finally agreed to do it. I don't know, maybe they felt like they needed like a young, hot model or something. And, you know, because she was Matthew McConaughey's wife, you know, that obviously made a difference, you know.
1: I'll admit it. As important as it is for me to eat healthy and put the right nutrients into my body and hydrate, or start a subscription on products you know you'll use. Go to 310nutrition.com and use the code VELVETROPE right now for 50% up to $100 for your first order. That's 310nutrition.com and use code Rope.
2: Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day!
0: Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda, whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. You're a podcast listener and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com.
1: Did he come around to the set? Was there Matthew McConaughey on the set?
2: Not on the show, but I don't think he was on the show. He may have done one little piece, but he came around, he was on the set. <clears throat> even said to me like hey bro can you go easy on my wife (laughs) because I you know would challenge her and uh I said to him yeah sure man no problem it's all good I got your back
1: and other than that he just kept to himself
2: yeah he was chill he was cool
1: what was Tabitha like you know you were a judge she was a contestant what was Tabitha like
2: she was tough but she's tough Tabitha's a tough chick, you know. She's, even to this day, you know, she's she's not a pushover, you know. And by the way, we're friends today. She's a, a very strong woman. But she also has a sweet, nice side to her that people don't know. Because you don't see it. But listen, she's she was tough during the show. But remember, we were all young. We were... You know, just our first time on TV or her first time on that kind of show, and sheer genius stressed everybody out all the hairstylists, all the contestants, and you know, they were all like on edge, you know. Yeah, Um, for them, you know, we put them through hell. So, I get it why she was tough, but and why she was a little rough around the edges, but she was. A few of them were easy, you know, and okay, all right, all right. Tabitha was like, Tab- Tabitha wasn't having any shit, you know what I mean?
1: So even back then, she just kind of was like, I don't care if I'm a contestant. This is how it's going to be.
2: I don't give a shit. This is, she was like, I don't give a shit. This is the way I am. And if you don't like it, then you can piss off, you know? I mean, she was hardcore.
1: And did, was Andy involved? Because he was like, did he seem to love Tabitha? You know, like out of everyone that could have gotten a show, like were you surprised? And like, I guess it's different because you were already involved with in Fox, but did you ever say, well, if we were going to do this show, even though it seems like it was in retaliation, were you ever like, why didn't you just ask me before any of this to do a show like this?
2: Of course I did. Yeah. There wasn't really a response to that. And I thought like, it's the perfect evolution, you know, of blowout, you know, like I, I did blowout with Bravo and you know, I merge into, you know, uh sheer genius as uh I thought better the host and the head judge, sort of the Tim of Project Runway, if you will, you know? Yeah. And it didn't really work out like that. And I didn't understand why. Maybe it was because I went off and shot this (laughs) pilot with Fox, but I didn't hear any offers coming from Bravo. And it didn't sound like they were going to pick up blowout. In fact, they said to me, well, if you're not willing to do more family or this or that, the blowouts over because we've, We've exercised all of our options in the salon world, you know. We still want to shoot in the salon, but we want – reality is going more in the direction of family, you know.
1: Although now it's come kind of full circle with, like, Vanderpump Rules.
2: Yeah. I mean, Vanderpump Rules was kind of like blowout, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I mean, that stays in the workplace for the most – I mean, you know, not 100%, but for the most part –
2: Oh, I mean, you know, it wasn't all about the sex and the this, but like lower deck and, and pump Rules and this, you know. I mean, they all came from the blowout kind of, you know, platform. You know what I mean? docu soap. you know, about, you know. Or, I mean, I always felt blowout was kind of like Rocky, you know. It was like a young guy against all odds, trying to make it happen, poured all of my blood and guts and money and one thing and gave it my all and let it ride you know and, and and it's funny because all the people that you know that watched it you know the excuse me for saying the word fans but like the millions around the world that watched it like would reach out to me and they would say, Oh my God! It's kind of like a like like a like a like a sort of a Rocky like movie, you know. Like, and that didn't come from my mouth. That was from somebody else, and I was like, "Wow!" Comparing this to like Rocky, you know. Um, And you you told me when we spoke on the phone the other day, which
1: I never knew that there was this whole straight male contingency that loved blowout.
2: It was really weird. uh, The demographic and the numbers that I found out who was watching blowout. Uh, I thought it was going to be more of the metropolitan city, like, you know, you and I are sort of demographic. Yeah. You're younger than I am, obviously. But, you know, are kind of like, I hate to say like the, uh, what do you call us?
1: Well, I'm a gay man and you're a straight man
2: who's hip. But we still kind of run in the same circles. Totally. So, like, I always felt like the people that kind of run in our circles were like the demographic. But then I found out that, like, plumbers and electricians and painters, you know, like house painters and gas station attendants and football players and ice hockey players and, you know, like, these regular dudes were watching Blowout. And I was like, what? Are you kidding me? Like, you know, and celebrity, like, nor, you know, professional athletes were, would reach out to me and say, oh, bro, it's my favorite show. Like, literally. Like, I remember when uh, from Nirvana, lead singer of uh, Kurt-, the- Kurt Cobain. Well, not Kurt, but and I did Kurt's hair before he died, and uh, um, his wife, uh, Courtney Love. Courtney. How about that? I can't remember anybody's name right now. Yeah, I did Kurt and Courtney. I have a crazy story about Courtney, um, which which is. I just can't. I. I'll tell you a short version when we're right at the end. Remind me.
1: Okay because I uh, that's a good because I have some other celebrity questions for you so, just based so, on some things
2: so uh, wait what was I saying now I was saying
1: about the straight guys oh right yeah
2: just it was yeah but I was about
1: I was, when they they all said they watched it
2: yeah they just you know it was just wild like I just was so Surprised at the demographic, and that these like straight nor- not normal, but straight dudes, you know, real and
1: someone from Nirvana. You said watch, oh, that's it.
2: It. Dave, yeah, Dave, uh, um, the drummer from Nirvana and the lead singer of the Foo Fighters, Dave. Gorill with Dave Grohl. Dave Grohl. Dave Grohl. Dave, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Dave. You're my boy. I love you. Sorry, I forgot your last name. Um, Dave's my boy. We also, our kids went to elementary school together. Um, But Dave walked up to me one day and, like, Dave's a legend to me, you know? Legend walked up to me one day and was like, bro, oh, my God. Jonathan, nice to meet you. I'm Dave Grohl. Like, I love your show, dude. I can't, I'm so obsessed with it. I watch the, the marathons. Like, I, I can't get enough. It's like a box of chocolate. I can't get enough of it. I remember he said that to me. <clears throat> and I was like, oh my God. Dave Grohl just said to me, he's a fan of mine. That is the end all. You know what I mean? Even though I had already done, and I said to him, Dave, do you know that I did Kurt's hair before he passed? And I've done Courtney's hair a few times. And he said to me, no, dude, I had no idea. And, you know, he didn't know because I wasn't with the the group. I just went to the house, you know? Um, But, yeah, the fact that Dave Grohl came up to me and was like, I'm a huge fan of yours, I was like, oh, my God. This that's insane. Anyway, that's major. Yeah, it was just crazy to me. The people that were watching it and took to the show. You know, I just didn't think it was like it was reaching out to the the sort of dude demographic, and it was everybody. Like everybody was a little bit of everybody was kind of into it, which was surprising to me. You know.
1: Were you ever, like, did you ever regret, like, not going with what they wanted? Like, you know, showing your home life? Did you ever say, maybe I should have just documented this and had a season four? Or did that never cross your mind?
2: I, after the fact, well, don't forget, they called me and asked me to do Sheer Genius. And then I did L.A. Hair with Kim Kimball on the Wii Channel, which was, eh. In my opinion, kind of a bad version of blowout, you know yeah, I mean, maybe looking back, I occasionally here and there would be you know would feel like maybe I should have listened to them, maybe I should have done what they said to do, but I'm the type of person where i I kind of never regret the past
1: I'm the same way
2: because I did what I did, and I felt like. I didn't want to put my family on camera. You know, I felt like I was selling out enough. You know what I mean? So.
1: Like everything happens for a reason. I kind of believe that.
2: I felt like what happened happened. And that was it. Were you happy, like, when the show came out? Like, you
1: know, did you, were you, like, happy with the way you were portrayed? Were you ever, like, I mean, like, it must have helped business.
2: It absolutely helped business. It made the product line go through the roof. And, you know, one thing it did do is it kind of scared my celebrities away. Um, I did more celebrities on a daily basis uh, before blowout than after blowout. My celebrities were all like, oh, now he's on TV, you know. I can't go around. I don't want those cameras. Because back then, reality was like nobody knew. Lisa did it, and I had Kristen Bell.
1: That's it.
2: Kristen Bell, and uh, what was her name? The girl in, oh, my God. She was like one of my best clients and best friends. What was she in? years old. And I met her because she was in my brother's TV show, Young America. He helped discover, uh, it, uh, she was in, she was in that surfer movie. She played a pro surfer. She had one green eye and one blue eye. Anyway, I had a bunch of, I had Jackie on, Jackie Warner from Workout. Cause Workout happened after blowout, you know, but, they wanted Jackie on blowout to kind of help launch her into workout, you know? Um, How was Jackie? She was rough. <laughs>
1: yeah, but that doesn't, I've had some interactions with her. They yeah. were rough. He was rough. They yeah. were rough.
2: He was weird to me and rough with me on camera. And I was like, wait a minute, I'm, you're on my show and I'm having you on, and I'm cutting your hair, giving you the best haircut you've ever had, you're not paying for it, and you're being kind of a nightmare to me? How's that work out? You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, that doesn't shock me.
2: I felt like she was trying too hard to like play this role, and I was like, you don't have to do that with, with, with like right now. Like This can just be normal and play out, and they'll edit it into something cool, you know? You don't have to act like a. am not going to use the word, you know? Uh, But she was kind of rough. Unnecessarily rough, you know? Um, So I was rough back, you know what I mean? Um, I don't blame you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Here, wait. I'm going to Google. I know, it's like. I have to know the name of the girl. Cast... Like woman in surfer movie no no of young oh, yeah Americans if my brother's show was a spin-off of Dawson's Creek so it was a huge show on the scene. Really?
1: Yeah. I, think, I I think I remember I think that was the show with Ian Summerhalder.
2: Ian Summerhalder. yeah
1: see yeah. I like know my stuff
2: that- my brother discovered Ian summerholder Rodney Scott who then after the show quit acting and Kate Bosworth wow. that's name. look I didn't even look it up but because I was you just made me say the cast I remembered her name well
1: first of all I watched that show I didn't know that was your brother I mean that
2: was a great show it was a great show it was great. And but because my brother was a very serious writer and producer and very much like me, (laughs) kind of hard, I wouldn't, I mean, you know, maybe a little difficult to work with at times. Uh, but the network was like, we're done, we can't this show isn't going to happen anymore. And Rodney, who was the star, uh, like was, like became a star because of my brother, like the new James Dean. And then all of a sudden, like kind of fell apart like James Dean, you know, and uh, didn't crash his car and, you know, horrible you know thing that happened but um, Rodney you know became a star and it all went to his head and he went crazy Rodney would show up on set to shoot an hour and a half late in a tuxedo from the night before from a party with a bottle of champagne in his hand like you know, the old movie stars of the, like, 40s and 50s. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, old school, thinking it was like Cary Grant, you know, or James Dean. And they, my brother would be like, listen, one more time and you are off this show. I don't give a shit if you're the star or not, you know. And uh, Wait, I have another question. But the crazy thing is my brother's so like uh, visually and academically, you know, talented, like his writing is so literally, he's so talented. His writing is so incredible. And then visually directorially, he shoots everything so beautiful with his up close and tight, you know, sort of Martin Scorsese, you know, uh, 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 incredible, you know, cinematography. Um, That's why the show looked and was great, was as great as it was because my brother made it that beautiful. It was, you know. It was,
1: I mean, it was a great freaking show.
2: It was a great show. It was better than Dawson's Creek. And by the way, Rodney and Kate and Ian were on Dawson's Creek on like two or three episodes. Oh, right? really? And they all spun off onto Young Americans. <clears throat> it was all a plan. And my brother and Joe, his, his, they were both the executive producers. They, it just... It was all the way it went down, you know, and, and, and my brother was spending, like, triple the budgets, you know? and But it was only to make the show better, you know, and as beautiful as it was.
1: I didn't and, realize that Kate Bosworth – I mean, I knew Ian Somerhalder. I didn't realize Kate Bosworth was on that show. Wow. Beautiful. So what was Kate Bosworth like as a client back then?
2: Kate Bosworth was – the coolest and the greatest chick ever. She was so cool. I loved doing her hair. We did huge photo shoots. We did a lore. She, you know, I was in the, I don't know know if you ever saw it, but the LA Times did a story on Blowout uh, in the Sunday edition, the Sunday Times. And when you opened up the newspaper and you pulled out the calendar section, you know, always the best section, right? Pulled out the calendar, the whole front page, this big, right? Like this big, the whole front page was a picture of me on the cover of the Sunday Times calendar section, a picture of me. In the second season of blowout with my scissors holding my scissors going like this, holding them, looking through the blades, and it said something like Anton's splits ends, right? And it was a whole story of blowout, and you know, Kate did part of the shoot, but like the 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 cover picture was I kid you not, on on the calendar, like nobody gets a picture eight by 11 of their face on the calendar section. I had a whole page and the page is this long. You know what I mean? Like the whole front of the calendar was me. I still have it like somewhere, but it was insane. Like when it came out, I almost had a heart attack, you know, and it came out around the wall. Yeah, it was amazing. It came out around the same time the Billboard on Crescent Heights and Sunset Boulevard came out. Um, And Bravo kind of like surprised me with both of them. Like, okay, have you seen the LA Times this morning? Go get it. And I didn't know. And I knew I did the article uh, with a guy named Dan Neal who was more of a car guy back then. He was like, trying to talk to me about cars and we had to keep like pushing him back into uh, blowout. Cause he knew I was a car guy, you know, I had a little Porsche collection and a couple of Harleys and, you know, uh, he kept trying to talk to you. He was like, he was like the, you know, motor trend, you know uh, like he was like the king of auto uh, you know, journalism, you know. Um, and I don't know why they chose him, but he got the story and he huh. crushed it. He killed it. And I cut his hair during the interview and we became good long term friends. Anyway, that was like Kate was the best. And then we did an allure shoot and everything I did with Kate, she was always wonderful. And the fact that she even came on blowout, you know, she was pretty hot back then, you know. Uh, like, hot in terms of, like, you know, uh, like... in Bayless, yeah. Um, like, everybody wanted her. And the fact that she came on the show was pretty crazy. And Kirsten Bell was kind of blowing up, too, back then. Kristen Bell. Um, she was blowing up, you know? Um, her her episode was cool, because I did, like, a Marilyn Monroe kind of finger wave on her. Um and Lisa was always great. Lisa would play right. Yeah, what is Lisa
1: Rena like?
2: Lisa's the best. You know, she's so sweet. Lisa's done, I do both of their hair, Lisa and Harry. I kid you not, I've shot six, yeah, I've shot three sizzle reels and three pilots that have been picked up that never made it to air, okay, since Blowout. Like, you know, in between Sheer Genius and L.A. Hair, like Salon Nightmares, other shows that I've shot with other names. Uh, I shot a show called Salon Diaries. I shot a show called That Never Made It To Air. And every time I needed a celebrity, I would just call Lisa, and boom. Lisa would do it. I did a show called, uh, was it Beverly Hills? Uh, uh, Oh, no, it was called Beauty School Dropout. And uh, Lisa did it with Harry. And the Pussycat Dolls, Robin, would always come through. And, you know, I'd get, I mean, I did the Pussycat Dolls hair from, like, day, negative, like, you know, I was doing their hair three Five years before they ever became famous, you know. Um, So, I did all their first, you know, videos, and you know, I I made them all look like the Pussycat Dolls. You know,
1: how is that? I mean, like having a sister who's the Pussycat, because I mean that was like you guys both kind of came up at the same time, right? Both blew
2: up that show, The Search for the New Pussycat Doll, Robin. Uh, did her first TV show with me. She did the finale of the third season of Blowout. She hosted it. And it was funny. They called me and they said, we want Lisa to to host it. And I was like, well, I love Lisa. She's my friend. But, you know, my sister's kind of blowing up. And I think we should have my sister do it because she's family. And we're going to have my family on it. And there was kind of a little, you know, uh, secret that we were saving, like a little pearl for the finale that, you know, everybody saw. I asked Ceci to marry me on the finale, and Ceci told me she was pregnant on the finale. And we knew she was going to do that. Um, We told Bravo she was going to do that. And I even, you know, I said to Bravo, like, okay, so – how good do you want the finale to be? And they were like, what do you mean? I was like, well, you know, it's going to be good either way. But, you know, Ceci, uh, I'm going to ask Ceci to marry me. Um, And she just told me we're having a baby. So if you want me to talk about that on camera, um, it's going to cost you. And they were like, oh, Jonathan, please come on. I was like, no, 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 no gonna cost you you want you want me to go that deep into my personal life that's another show and i'm not you know uh, i didn't sign anywhere that says i have to talk about that so you know you gotta pay up i mean if i'm gonna say that my wife's uh, my girlfriend uh who's like my you know gonna will become my fiance and I'm going to give her a ring. And she's going to tell me we're having a boy and, you know, uh, you got to pay, you know? And my agent called me and was like, are you kidding me, dude? You fucking called Andy Cohen and talked to him about this. This is You want something like that? You call me first. And I was like, well, I was talking to him and you weren't around. And I just figured I'd, I mean, what else? You would have said the same thing to him. So it is what it is, you know? And, and they ended up, they ended up paying. So I That's said,
1: smart.
2: Yeah. I was like, look, if you really want me to say it, then you got to pay, you know? And they did. And, uh, and, you know, the finale was good. And Robin was the host. And, uh, you know... She definitely learned how to be on TV a little better uh, during that episode. Um, and then my brother was the producer of The Search for the New Pussycat Doll. And I was on that. And the producer of that was Ken Wong, right? Who's done other big shows. And But Ken hated me and we... We're shooting one day at the West Hollywood Salon and Ken wanted to get, wanted to have one of my hairstylists like bleach out one of the models and get her crying and then shave her head. And I was like, no, 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 no. We don't do that in my salon. Nobody leaves crying. Nobody's hair gets fucked up. You're not filming that. And they were like, no. We're allowed to film anything we want. We already have the storyline. I was like, no, you're not. No, you're not. Pack your shit and get out. Take your cameras. And I physically, literally walked out the camera guys with all of them saying, like, don't touch me. Don't touch me. You can't do it." And I was like, guys, turn your cameras off. It's over. And then they all came back in, apologized. OK, we won't shoot that. You know, and my brother was yelling at me, freaking out because he was the producer, and I was like, "You know, Steve, you could have, uh, you could have told me about this uh, rather than you know surprise me with it because you know neither one of us likes surprises." So, tell
1: us like just some funny Rina story because listen, the world is obsessed with Lisa Rinna these days. As, as yeah. am I.
2: So here's the funniest one, is we're shooting, uh, you know what, it was Harry. and uh, we're in this little makeshift salon, and I'm doing Lisa's hair, and you know, like, I, I knew Harry was coming in after Lisa, but I didn't know when, and I had the Pussycat Dolls on, I had Mark McGrath on, I had, you know, it was like I said, like me, like Dr. Phil meets me, right? Or me meets Dr. Phil in the chair, uh, you know, doing hair, a pee, right? And just all of them dumping all their shit, all their dirty laundry out, right? And it was great. Lisa was awesome. She was giving me such dirt. It was so good. And uh, the dolls and Mark was crazy. And I'm doing Lisa's hair and she starts telling me about her book. I don't know if you know about her book. That was a bestseller, but she had a book about like how to keep your husband happy or how to keep your marriage. Yes. Good. And in the book, it says like, I might be, don't quote me on it but it says something about like you have to give your husband a blowjob every single day if you want to keep your husband good you know, your marriage this good.
1: basically came off on the real housewives of emily yeah. hills
2: right and she started telling me about it and was like going on and on and on and i was like oh my god and the producer was like oh my god this is so good and it was so great. And she's like, you know, right at the end, she's like, but don't forget it's a book. So it's not like, you know, believe me, it's not like I'm on my knees every single day. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, it, I, you know I, I love my husband and he's the hottest guy in the world, but blah, 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 blah. And she's going on and on and on about it. And then all of a sudden, boom, Harry walks in and he's like, hi how are you? And he overheard what she was saying. And he was like, hi, how are you behind my back? And I was like, Hey, and he goes, Lisa, I didn't know you were coming in and you were going to be on. She goes, Oh yeah, honey. Well, I knew you were coming in. She goes, "But I didn't know you're coming in right now. And he goes, yeah, um, this is my time. He goes, you know, how much longer are you going to be? Because, you know, I have a meeting and Jonathan has to cut my hair. Uh, you know, I know we're filming, but like, I really need a haircut. And, uh, and he goes, and by the way, what was all that shit about you? You know, uh, don't get on your knees every day. And, you know, you you do it even when you don't want to do it. And, you know, blah, blah, blah. They like, kind of, you know, it was kind of a heavy moment, you know, and uh, they were cool, but it was definitely intense and then I finished Lisa they kissed and hug and she left and then I started filming him Uh, and then he went crazy on the book was like so about the fucking book he goes let me tell you I didn't really know that much about the book until it was like a book and now it's out there yeah, and you know, and then he's like, and about like, you know, you gotta give you, you gotta blow your husband every single day. He's like, yeah. Anyway, he goes, we should all be so lucky. He's like, you know, it, maybe that's, you know, how she feels, but like.
1: So that's funny about Lisa Rinna. Now we'll just do a quick rapid fire round on celebrities. I need to hear this. Well, Okay, let me hear the Courtney love story first. And then I have two other specific celebrities to ask you about.
2: Okay, so uh, very quickly. So I I get the call. You know, Courtney wants you to come up to the house and do her hair. And uh, sorry about all the beeping. No, don't
1: worry about it.
2: Um, Courtney wants you to come up to the house and do her hair, but she wants bangs and she doesn't know what she wants. Um, Raina? And um, uh, Courtney wants you to come up to the house. She wants bangs. She doesn't know what she wants. But you know how it is at Courtney's house. It's a little, you know, crazy. So I go up to Courtney's house. And she's like, yeah, hi. So I want bangs, but, like, you know, not long bangs, but, like, here. And you know, you know, Jonathan better than I do. So uh, I go up to the house and the assistant brings me in and uh, I say hi to her. She's like, yeah, you know, just do what you think. Um, this is kind of what I want. I was like, okay, a little crazy at the house, you know, uh, as I'm sure you can imagine. And, uh, I, uh, I turn around and she's, uh, standing there and she's like so my hair is kind of dirty i haven't washed it in like you know i don't know a week or two um should we wash it or um or not and i was like ooh uh yeah maybe we should wash it you know do you want to jump in the shower or i'll go downstairs and um you can wash she goes no why don't you wash it i was like okay um we can do it in the sink and right here and she goes Uh, it kind of hurts my neck to do it there. I said, okay, you can do it in the bathtub, but you got to lean over the edge and I got to put your head under and I can use the hose. We can do it like that. And she goes, okay, yeah, let's do that. So I said, okay, cool. So I uh, turn on the bathtub and I'm waiting for the water to get hot. And I turn around to say, okay, come here. The water's warm. court." court we can shampoo your hair and i turn around and head to toe <laughs> no clothes and that's I was what like,
3: i thought you were gonna yeah, say
2: yeah i was like uh wait um court uh do you want to put something on because you know it's uh and she was like, "Oh no, I don't care. It's okay. It's just you." And I was like, "Okay, it's a little funky." And I shampooed her hair, and you know, I mean, that was basically the story. But it was definitely—it <clears throat> was definitely a, a bit of a shocker, you know.
1: That sounds like a typical
2: Courtney Love story. Right. And her hair turned out fabulous, but it was like oh my god, wait hold on i'm you know I'm a male hairdresser inside of a female's you know bed uh house bathroom, and you don't have any clothes on this is not okay it's illegal and, you know? and she wasn't hitting on you.
1: it was just like whatever
2: yeah, I'm going to take the fifth on that one, you know? She was, uh whatever. I don't know what she was doing, to tell you the truth. But she was like, yeah, it's cool, man. Don't worry. Just shampoo my hair. And I was like, You're oh, like, my, God. my God.
1: You know? What about Ricky Martin?
2: So the day of Ricky Martin, you know, I've been doing his hair for years, and we're – at Sony studios and Ricky's hair is down to here. You know, he's on general hospital. He's got long, like Tarzan like hair. And I had been doing his hair, his color and his cut and his highlights and, you know, gave him that beachy surfer look all the time. And then the day of the video, um, Tommy Matola, the head of Sony Latin America, uh, came in the trailer and said, Jonathan, so today uh, I want you to work your magic. And we were with Marty Callner, the director of like every big uh, award-winning video of the year on MTV. Aerosmith, Get a Grip, Living on the Edge, uh, Bon Jovi, Ricky Martin, Jewel, Katie Lang, all these videos I did with him, we won platinum awards for in videos of the year. And I have all the awards and trophies from, right? So uh, this one day, they both come into the trailer and they're like, so, and we know this is going to be hard, but we want to cut all Ricky's hair off. We want him to look like James Dean. He's got to have a new look. This is the best song ever live in La Vita Loca. It's awesome. And you, it's on you. You got to change his hair and you got to talk him into it. And I was like, listen, I can change his hair. I mean, I need a little bit of time because I'm going to highlight the front of it and give him that kind of James Dean look. But like, you got to talk him into it. Not me. Cause he'll listen to me about like his hair, you know, like, do this to your hair, do that to your hair, wear this, wear that. Like I would show up to a video and he'd have his whole wardrobe there with the stylist that brought him everything. And I would show up and he would say to me, Jonathan, can I wear that jacket during the video? Can I wear that shirt during the video? Do you mind if I wear your boots? And I'd say, dude, you have like $100,000 worth of clothes here. Like you can wear like... There's stuff here that I would take, you know? And he'd say, yeah, but I like the way that looks. And he would, in Live Libia Loca, half the video is wearing my clothes. Anyway, wow. he comes in the trailer and Tommy and Marty said to him, Ricky, uh, Kiki, they called him Kiki. Kiki, how are you? Uh, good to see you. Mwah, 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 mwah. So we're so excited about the video and it's going to be great. And we have... Uh, a two million dollar set at so- here at Sony, and it was larger than life, and like, you know, uh, uh, like I can't remember if it was "Living La Vida Loca" or "She Bangs," but like hundreds of people, you know. And uh, I think it was "She Bangs." There was hundreds of people in the in the background, but "Living La Vida Loca" was big, and they said so we have one thing that we want to talk to you about Ricky and it's very important. It's a big deal. And I had told them, you guys have to call. Um, I just forgot her name, the head of uh, uh, general hospital, the executive producer at the time, I said, you got to call them because I can't cut all of Ricky's hair off without general hospital knowing, cause he's under contract and like, it's not okay, you know? Like, it's a big deal. His hair on that show is, like, part of his character. Yeah. And like, oh, fuck General Hospital. We'll call them when, you know, after it's done. They can do whatever they want, you know? This is bigger. This will make his role on General Hospital bigger and better, you know? There, yeah, he's a TV. He's got his TV audience from Menudo. We're turning him into a global rock star now. You know, solo. And I was like, okay, but I'm just telling you how it works. You know, ABC and General Hospital doesn't take kindly to this kind of shit. I've done it before. And they said, it's coming off. And I was like, okay. So then he walked in and they were standing there and they said, okay, so it's very important. And Jonathan is going to tell you exactly what we're going to (laughs) do. And I was like, looking at both of them, right, like this. And I went, okay, so Ricky, um, Tommy and Marty want me to do something to you and they want me to tell you what we're going to do and I want to do it. I think it's a good idea, but I'm going to let them tell you what it is. So I'm sorry, guys. I'm not the one to break the news to them. I'm here to do it, but not... Talk about it, and they, you know, very quickly said to him, "We need to cut all your hair off, and you need to listen to Jonathan. He's done Leonardo DiCaprio and Steven Dorf, and you know all the young star, you know, young stars back then, and you know uh, Brad Pitt and you know Johnny Depp and all these guys, and and you know, just you know, he's the best. Just let him do it. We, we want to make you look like James Dean." And we're going to change your world. And he was like, you cannot cut all my hair off, guys. It's, it's my hair. I'm like Samson. You cut my fucking hair, I lose my power. Like, my, my fans, they love my hair. And they were like, Ricky, it's not about your fucking hair. You know? It's a, first of all, it's dated. It's over. And you need to get rid of the hair. Just let Jonathan do it. Your hair needs to look like his. You know, like Jonathan's, like that haircut, and I was like, "Rick, they're not wrong, but it is your hair. It's up to you." And he was like, he fought it and fought it and fought it, and then, right there, he turned around and looked at me and said, "Okay, Jonathan, if Tommy wants it, Tommy gets it because he's the he's the king. You know, Tommy Matola."
3: Yeah.
2: And, uh, he said, but. Are you sure it's going to look good on me? I said, bro, come on. Am I sure? I'm a thousand percent positive. And I actually have the photo. I could send it to you. I have the photo. Yeah. that That day we're sitting in the chair right after I finished his hair with actually my first, not the blowout dirt, but before that I had a different dirt. He had my first jar of dirt in his lap because that's where dirt came from. Ricky Martin. I used to do his hair and I would put like 10 different products in his hair and it would make it look dirty like the day after he washed it. And he would say to me, I love how you make my hair look, bro. I need, you know, that's why I have to have you around all the time because I can't mix the products like you can. And it's the only product that keeps my hair straight because he had like kinky curly hair that keeps my hair straight and makes it look kind of fucked up and dirty. And when he said that to me, I was like, wow, there's something there. And I went home and that's how I named the product. Anyway, wow. So, I mean, he still has
1: that short hair. I mean, now, like, well,
2: now he shaves his head, you know? And I was with him for all that time, all those years, like a dozen years. Uh, and, you know. Wow. I never knew. By the way, like on a like, I never knew anything about anything, about his personal life. And we were really close. We were great friends. But like nobody could know, you know. Um, when it when he finally came out, yeah, like you know, he told me about it, and I was like, bro, you could have told me. I didn't give a shit, you know. I'm your hairdresser, I'm your bro, you know. So like, you were I'm totally sad. shocked. Yeah, I mean, I was, I, mean, I was. Not totally, but kind of, because I I thought he was, you know, I thought he was straight, you know, for a long time, you know, 12 years or longer.
1: And people confide in their hairdressers.
2: Everybody, yeah, I thought, like, you're going to tell anybody, at least, you know, like, I'm here with you, I'm, you know, 24 hours a day I'm with you, you know what I mean? Like, why would you hide that? yeah. Especially me, you know, I'm a hairdresser. You know what I mean? Like my whole world is gay men. Yeah. It's no big deal. You know what I mean? Who cares? Did
1: people used to, did you ever get mistaken for gay just because, you know, you were a hairdresser?
2: Everybody, even during blowout, everybody used to always say like, he's not straight. He's gay. He's not straight. He's gay. Look at how much he cries on blowout. He's definitely a big queen. You know? Everybody used to say that about me. And you know? I was like, listen, at least they're talking. You know what I mean?
1: Seriously.
2: Yeah. Let them think what they want. You know?
1: Seriously. What about, I have to ask about the queen of the world, Madonna.
2: She is the queen.
1: She um, is the queen.
2: The first day I got called to do Madonna's hair was a scare, one of the scariest days of my life. Um, it was like, oh my God, are you fucking kidding me? And uh, I was doing Katie Lang and Sandra Bernhardt and Ingrid Caseras, Sandra's girlfriend at the time. Yeah. And, and then Katie's girlfriend, Katie Lang, for a little while. And then Madonna and Madonna's best friend, whether they were together or not, you know, nobody ever knew. But uh, I, it didn't matter. But I knew Katie... Lang and uh, Ingrid and Sandra. And I knew that they were all in like a a circle, a group, you know, and they had spoken to Madonna about me and she was like, okay, yeah, listen, I know who he is. I'll I'll have him up. So Ingrid called me and said, Jonathan, you're doing Madonna's hair today. Cancel all your appointments. I don't give a shit who you're doing. She wants you to come up. You got to go do her And I was like, "Oh, Oh my God okay. Uh, and I had like a full day, you know, it was like a nightmare. But I canceled everybody and I went up and I was like, I was like a church mouse, like, hi, how you doing? Nice to meet you. And, you know, I was so freaked out and I usually don't get, you know, I never, ever got nervous, but with her, you got nervous, you know, and I went in and, you know, I, she was like, yeah, I don't want a lot off. I just want you to trim it and shape it. But I know you're great. I'm not telling you how to do your thing. But just go ahead and do it. And uh, I did it. And she loved it. And, you know, like during the whole haircut, we were talking. And, you know, I mellowed out. And she was cool. Uh, uh, but it was definitely, you know, it was an experience, you know. And then her uh her youngest her little girl um lornas 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 yeah picked up one of my products that i'm not going to say the name of it again but one of my old products she picked it up and while i'm doing madonna's hair she picked it up and like she was a little baby she was like you know this tall you know a little tiny girl, baby little girl she picked it up and like scooped all of it out all over her hands and like, went like this and put it all over her face and all over her hair and her shirt and her body and I was doing Madonna's hair and it like you know we weren't looking at her but we were you know she was in the kitchen with us I was doing her hair in the kitchen and we all turned around and went like oh my god what, what, what what's that all over you what are you doing and Madonna was like you know, it was M, not Madonna, right? M. Yeah. She
3: was like, uh,
2: and in- Ingrid was there. In- Ingrid was like, M, it's okay. It's it's Jonathan's prod. It's Jonathan's, uh, uh, you know, uh, grease, paste. It's okay. It's it's safe, right, Jonathan? I was like, yeah, it's totally safe. But like, you know, you don't want to eat it. You know what I mean? And she was like, well, I think she ate it. Did you eat it, Lourdes, honey? Did you put it in your mouth? And she was like, no, no. But it was like all over her face and all over her hair and her arms. And and we were like, Madonna was like, Oh, it's okay. Just throw her in the shower and wash her off. And I was like, Oh my God, my first day here cutting her hair, her little daughter like takes like four ounces of like, you know, hair paste and grease and just plasters it all over herself. And I was like, I'm never going to be invited back up here again, which didn't happen. I was invited back up. You were. Of course. Yeah. I mean, I did her hair for quite a while. Um, Really? Yeah. She was great. You know, but she was always, it's funny because she was easier than almost anyone that I did because she would always just say to me, you know, just uh, do what you want. You know, what do you think? You know, do what you want. What do you think? When, you know, if she had like an opinion or she needed something, you know, specific, believe me, there was no gray area there. The day she hired me on uh, one of her videos to do, uh, to make these four couples, male and female look like twins, uh, like Siamese twins. I can't remember which video it was, but I, you know, the makeup artist had her job and, My job was to make their hair and their haircuts look identical. Some we had to put wigs on, but it was, she was like, let me tell you something. They better look not identical, but like the same fucking person. And I know you can do it, but I know it's not easy. But if it's not exactly the same, I'm going to know. So it better be exactly the fucking same. Do not make me come back here and say to you this needs to be changed. So, you know, that's what was, she said to you. Oh yeah, she was very serious about it. You know, listen, they they ended up all looking exactly the same. You know, even more so, you know, like I almost killed myself making the 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 six wigs that I made like all different geometric shapes but like identical on both the guy and the girl, it was hard, but you know, and I, of course the timing, you know, like I had to do it like that, you know what I mean? So it was hard, but we got it done. Is and,
1: Madonna a good tipper?
2: Yeah, she was, yes. Yeah, I mean, I don't do her really that much anymore. Um, Madonna's the kind of person that has like, you know, 20 hairdressers or 10, you know what I mean? She has like a corral and she calls you when she feels like you're the right person for whatever she wants. So I haven't seen her in years, but you know, there's been years that have gone by that she hasn't called. And then all of a sudden the phone rings one day and it's like, Hey, how you doing? I'm Madonna's assistant. And uh, she wants you to come up. She said, you know, long time, no see, but you know, uh, she wants you to come up and do what you know you used to do. And I'm just like, okay. All right. And you drop everything. I mean, you kind of, you know, for her, you kind of have to, you know what I mean? Kind yeah, of. Madonna it was, you know, some people who have all the money in the world spend nothing, you know that? Uh, and some people who have all the money in the world are, you know, very generous. And she was always very generous, you know?
1: Have you ever had a celebrity who's just like so rude or like an awful tipper?
2: I wouldn't say awful tipper. I mean, listen, I charge some I, – when I do these gigs, I charge enough that tipping doesn't really matter. I don't expect it. If I get it, it's, you know, it's a little icing. But I make sure I charge enough where I don't care about it. Uh, in terms of, like, being a nightmare, and I will say that, like, I had one – occasion, uh, one incident with, I only did her hair once, she was, I'll just say she was a little rough around the edges. Um, uh, I believe, yeah, she she's passed. Um, she was a brilliant actress. I, I admire her more than, as much, if not more than anyone on the face of the earth. But I did her hair one day, and she Screamed at me and yelled at me, and it was in the middle of a David LaChapelle shoot. And even David said to me, "Listen, if you want to leave, man, it's okay, because she's kind of freaking out." And she wasn't freaking out at me; she was freaking out at the stylist and the makeup artist. And because I said, "Hey, you shouldn't yell at them," Uh, and I know I haven't told you who she is yet, but I said to her, "Hey, you shouldn't yell at that man. That's not that's really not cool. They're like they're really trying their hardest and." They're doing their best. And she was like, what? Who the fuck do you think you are? Do you know who I am? Do you have any idea who you're fucking talking to? How dare you? Don't you ever tell me how, how to speak to somebody or to censor myself. Uh, you're a fucking hairstylist. Just do my hair and uh, you can do my hair and you can, move, you can move on or whatever she said. And I was like, uh, how about this? I had already said her, she had rollers in her head. I was like, uh, really? Uh, I don't think so, how about this? You can finish your own fucking hair after talking to me like that. Nobody talks to me like that, that's unacceptable. You could have yelled at me, but the things that you, she said much worse things, it was Faye Dunaway. She was very mommy dearest to me.
1: I, I mean, I've heard stories, I have a friend
2: Cool. She was very mommy dearest. I think is she still alive? I yeah. Oh, she is. She's still alive. Yeah. She was really tough on me. And this was for Vanity Fair. It was a big shoot. It was a big deal. I'm pretty sure it was David LaChapelle. It might have been Annie Leibovitz, but she fucking ripped my head off. And I was like, sorry, can't. So, no, no can do.
1: So you just left her there in the rollers.
2: I had my assistant there. I said, "You can stay and finish her if you want. Um, I'll pay you, uh, but it's up to you. You don't have to, but prepare yourself because she's going to rip rip you apart." And I'm telling her right now, "I'm sorry. Uh, I didn't even tell her. I just started packing my shit." She was like, "And where are you going? These rollers need to come out." And I was like, uh, "I'm sorry. I, I got to go. Um, I, I can't stay." I, I just don't, I don't take too kindly to that kind of uh, interaction. And uh, I'm sorry, but uh, I I need to leave. Uh, I feel very uncomfortable here. And she was like, what? You're fucking walking out on me? How dare you? What what kind how unprofessional of you? How this, how that, how this, how that? And I was like, I'm sorry, but I didn't start it. You know, like you can talk to the whole crew They're all taking your shit and like eating it. Unfortunately, I'm not that kind of guy. So, you know, it's time for me to go. But my assistant will finish you if you want and she'll do a great job. But if you yell at her, she'll leave too. So. Good for you. Yeah.
1: Four more very, very quick questions who's the opposite of that? Have you ever met a celebrity or just like, this person is so much nicer than like you thought you just have like your own backstory stereotype where you can't just
2: put like, me on vaping. Go ahead.
1: No, I won't. Where someone was just so overly nice or, or way nicer than you thought just based on your own, you know, like backstory, their reputation.
2: Yeah. I mean like almost all of them have always been nice to me. Uh, My favorites were, like, I loved Ellen DeGeneres. I thought she was a very, very cool uh, chick, very cool woman. I don't do her hair anymore, but I spent quite a bit of time cutting her hair. She was always great. Tiger Woods, you know, I'm a golfer, so when I started doing his hair when he was, like, 18, like, it was, like, a dream of mine, and I was with him for 14 years until – His incident happened with his wife, and I had done Elon's hair, too. And I was with him through all of his world domination. You know what I mean? And, you know, people would say to me, Tiger Woods, but what do you do? He has no hair. And it's like, no, you don't understand. This is before he started losing his hair, and he had very thick hair. And to do that fade on him like the Jamie Foxx, Will Smith-like fade, it's not easy, you know? And uh, like I was with him literally like a couple of days a week. I flew all over the country with him to every tournament, U.S. Opens and the Masters. And I did everything for him. I'm the one who first met him at Kevin Costner's house doing Kevin, Kevin Costner's hair. And Kevin introduced me to him. And he had a head of hair like this, a big poofy head of hair. And he said to me, He had a really high boy. Yeah, bro. How you doing, man? Nice to meet you. He was really skinny, little 18-year-old kid. Kevin was like, do you know who this is? He just won the last three U.S. amateurs. He's going to be the next Michael Jordan. And I was like, "Eh, I doubt it. But I'll cut his hair. And I gave him this, like, Billy D. Williams, you know, Will Smith haircut. And he was, like, you know, devastated, just dumbfounded. He was like, oh, my God oh, my God, bro, <clears throat> I don't ever want anyone cutting my hair ever again. And, you know, it, it, it began, it started like a 15-year relationship of doing him and his family and his girlfriends and then his wife and then, you know, before he got married and, you know. And, and by the way, I never knew what he was doing either. If he had told me what he was doing, I would have said to him, what the fuck are you doing? You're madly in love with your wife. She's your queen. Like, don't be an idiot and do what these other guys are doing. But he was going to Vegas on the weekends and he was like a gambler and he would hang out with Michael Jordan and Charles Charles Barkley and kind of thought he could do what they were doing. Obviously not. It really
1: dispels the myth that people just tell their hairdressers and bartenders everything.
2: Well, it it does dispel the myth because like, you would think these guys would have told me, him and Ricky, like what they were doing, but everybody else told me what they were doing. But And Ricky did tell me a lot. And Tiger did tell me a lot. But like, excuse me, you would think they would have told me these two things. And they didn't, you know?
1: And like Brad Pitt. And
2: I would have, had they have told me I was close enough with them that I would have changed the course of their lives. You know what I mean? Like, I, I know that, I had, I was close enough with them that I could have at least got them to pivot in another direction and not have to go through what they went through.
1: Right. And Brad Pitt, Leonardo DiCaprio, Johnny Depp.
2: They were always cool and chill and whatever you want, bro. And you know, I used to go up and do Brad and- uh, Angie? No 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 no, 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 no! Not uh, way before uh, uh, Jennifer Aniston. No, before Jennifer uh, Iron Man. What's her name? Juliette um, Lewis. No, the one in Iron Man that played Tony Stark's wife or uh, head of operations. I can't believe her. every single
1: name. Oh wait, she dated. Oh, Gwyneth Paltrow.
2: Gwyneth. I'm like, wait a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When she was with Brad, I mean, they weren't together, I don't know how long. That they were. long. I'd go up and, you know, I'd do both of them, and, you know, he'd be like on the couch, like, you know what I mean? Like doing his thing, smoking pot, and you know. Uh, but they were always the coolest, chillest, like, whatever you want, dude, you know, whatever you want, you know, always. And, you know, like, all the band I was really big in bands like I did all of Aerosmith and Bon Jovi and Jewel and Katie Lang and the Pussycat Dolls and like I'm the first one to cut Joe uh uh, Joe Perry's hair off in Aerosmith Joe Perry had that big curly yeah I'm the first one to cut his hair short I was the first one to cut all Bon Jovi's hair off you know uh they were always all good with me and all cool. I mean, I toured the world with Aerosmith. Um, I was tight with Steven Tyler and Joe Perry and uh, the bassist and the drummer. And, you know, like they all loved me. You know, like Aerosmith had to have me everywhere I was, you know. Steven Tyler
1: is a legend.
2: Steven Tyler is a legend. And today I, I still do quite a few bands like uh, you know I do um, Gavin Rossdale from Bush um, you know I used to do both of them before they split up but you yeah. um, know Gavin and I and our kids know each other from school but I do Gavin's hair and Gavin I think is, the, is a great guy you know, he's cool and talented he's a rock star
1: who does your hair?
2: As you can tell, nobody right now. My hair is... It looks
1: pretty together to me.
2: But all this schmutz back here. I'm actually thinking of growing it out. Not like long, but like, you know, a little shaggier, longer, kind of cool, mullet-ish. Uh, but normally I have like what you have, like a short, choppy, clean around the sides of the back. Like this. I have a haircut. Yeah, yeah. You know? Have and, your like, everybody in my salon does my hair. You know? and the last haircut I did on me, the, the last haircut I had, I did on TMZ myself, showing how to do a DIY haircut on TMZ.
1: That's for the times. That's on point. Yeah, yeah. Have your children seen Blowout? like do they know you're on TV?
2: They've seen, there's only three episodes on YouTube. They've seen bits and pieces. Uh, they don't know that much about it. Uh, they're 14 and 13, so obviously they know what they know. Um, they know what they've seen, but what they see is like other people like when we're walking down the street say, Oh my God, Jonathan. Like, obviously it doesn't happen now like it used to, but they still see like an occasional person recognize me or they see me doing cameos and they're like,
1: yeah. Or if someone comes up and wants a picture with you.
2: Yeah. They're like, wait, God. So you really were a celebrity. And I'm like, no, I wasn't. But maybe some people think I was, but I really wasn't. And they're like, no, you really were, because my friend's dad and mom said like, they were obsessed with your show, and they, when I told them you were, they asked me, because my last name, if you were my dad, and I said yes, and they were like, oh my god, we love your dad so much, tell him, we please, we want blowout back, and, you know, which, by the way, you know, I heard blowouts on again in in the UK and in South America. Really? Yeah, it's like, what the fuck is the matter with you, Bravo? You've re-aired every single show. You know what I mean? Like, even Netflix picked up Queer Eye. Like, why isn't somebody redoing blowout? You know what I mean? Which you never know. It might happen. You, know? you
1: never know. You know what's strange though is if you go on the Bravo website and you type in all shows, it's every show is there except blowout.
2: Except blowout. I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't understand how every single show is there, and they've rerun every single show. They've done marathons of every single show, but not blow up. How and why, I have no idea, because it's kind of like, this is really like the first big Docu drama, docu soap, reality show ever. Obviously, there was the Real World, and there was the restaurant, but it didn't. None of them quite had the same impact, and were the same as Blowout. You know, Blowout. And this isn't from my words, but this is from producers. Like people say to me, Blowout was pioneering. It was it revolutionized the reality t- TV show industry. You know. Well, Um, like,
1: yeah, like, to me, it's why Jackie Warner had a show. It's why Patty Stanger had a show. It's why Jeff Lewis had a show. It's why Tabith. I mean, it's like that genre of one person leading the show in a professional setting. That was the first.
2: It's not only why, it's not only why they all had shows, but I truly believe it's, it's part of why Bravo grew to what it was. I mean... Blowout helped Bravo grow, you know? I do definitely, I don't resent them. I love Bravo, but I definitely have some feelings about, like, that they don't give it any credit. You know what I mean? Like, at least give it a little credit. You know what I mean? But I love that they're playing it in the UK and South America. I think it's great, you know? I'm getting, like, you know, tons of, Interaction Instagram. yeah, it's Yeah, letting me know. Like, hey, dude, Blowout's on in the UK. And, it's know. just,
1: when you go there, it's just so, I don't understand. There's literally every show. Shows that were on for like five episodes and then were canceled. Every no show. Stage.
2: Every show except for Blowout. It must have something to do with Ben Silverman and Reveille, the production company. He sold Reveille. He moved on. And I believe Reveille still owns it, but it has to have something to do with Reveille not allowing them to play Blowout. It has to have something to do with that. That's all I know.
1: And nothing to do with your Twitter or with Andy or anything. Because that, that's I just
2: I personally don't think it has anything to do with Andy because Andy doesn't really have anything to do with Bravo anymore, other than right. being an executive producer of the Housewives, Housewives. and that's what happens, you know? That Uh, makes sense. Yeah, I mean, he might consult with them occasionally, but Andy got himself out of that mix on his own will. He wanted to be free and clear of it. He wanted to do his own show and produce, you know? He didn't want to run a network, you know? He did, but he was over it after he did it, you know? So I don't think it has anything to do with I don't don't think so.
1: And then my final question is what do you think is the biggest misconception of you? Like when people meet you, you know, having seen you on Blowout, you know, just you're infamous in the hair world, like what do you think is the biggest
2: misconception? I don't know. I mean, I would say that um, people who watch Blowout think I'm, you know, like uh, you know i hear people say to me today like you're so much nicer than you were on blowout like when i do my cameos you know oh my god you're so much nicer and you know you you did like a 10 minute cameo and you poured your heart out and you were so sweet and you know you you're so different than you were on blowout you know and i think that's the to me the biggest mi- misconception you know people See that, like, I'm not, like, this mean asshole, you know, prick, you know? I was uh, my wife. Wow, She's like, well. Smirking. I I mean, listen, there was a lot of editing going on in Blowout. And I definitely had my moments on Blowout. But, you know, I also kind of played those moments up a little bit, you know? Because I knew, like... I knew what sells. You know what I mean? People don't watch like happy go lucky nothingness. They watch drama, intensity, humor, you know? So I tried to pack all that in,
1: you know? Totally. That makes sense. Well, is there anything else you want to leave us with? I really enjoy, you know, I thank you for your time.
2: You're very welcome. Thank you so much. The only thing I want to leave you with is, and I wish it was available today because I'd be like, look. Yes. And I could. I have like 20 bottles just around the corner, but wait. One In second.
1: product Because I want this wait. product when it comes out.
2: you got to know. You've got to see. Okay. So here I just brought a few out here oh, wow hold on so let's
1: see the products
2: yeah so like these are just a few like my hairspray is it's like a texturizing dry it's like a dry shampoo but it's more like a dry conditioning shampoo
3: Dye. Uh,
2: with hairspray mixed into it, so it's like the most amazing texturizing spray. With a, you know, all hairsprays just smell like hairspray. My hairspray smells the most incredible vanilla coconut fragrance you've ever smelled in your life. The it sounds best- good. In the, world. the best mousse on the planet. It's like literally like air. You can put this whole bottle in your hair. And you don't get goopy, moosey hair. You just get the more you put in, the bigger and more volume you have. This is my new paste. That looks. This is is like, uh, if you could smell this, it's beyond. So, this is my new paste. It's all I can tell you. Here's the two words, I'm giving you a little secret. It's great shit. (laughs) It's the greatest shit in the world. And I say that because people always say to me like, I need some great shit for my hair. So I made it for the greatest shit on earth. Is
1: is that a hint on what the name might be?
2: Maybe. Maybe. I'm fighting right now for it, but you never know. Might be, we'll see. This is my oil uh, shine lotion that is beyond. It doesn't weigh your hair down. No oil, like like, Frizzies-like product has fragrance. Mine does, because they're all essential oils that are amazing. Hey! from Brazil, like these incredible, incredible ingredients from Brazil that like have, uh, I can't even remember, like everything in it is like incredible for your hair and your skin and your body and just beyond, you know? Um, I need the paste and the
1: hairspray.
2: Yeah. And then this is, another version of my paste, because I might do two, but they're just both like so good. Like you just need like a little tiny dab like this. And I usually go like this. I mix it with just a little bit of the hairspray. Ah. That's what I do with the products. I layer, but you don't need to. And it's just so good. It gives you that perfect amount of shine, not greasy, just makes your hair feel like it's kind of undone. A little like the day I like that, you know what I mean? Which is another hint, uh, undone. Um, So they're all, in my opinion, my, my last two product lines were really good. These are the best. They are. I've been working on them not for a year, for eighteen months. I've been dealing with these wow. so hard, so much work, so much money. I've already put like you know we, we've already put a half a million dollars just into formulating. Um, wow, a lot of money. We haven't even finished it, so. The world, you know, uh, the people that loved my old product are going to go fucking apeshit over this because it's... And I don't even have my shampoos and conditioners out. My shampoos and conditioners are, like, beyond. Like, you want to drink them. They're really? Ap- oh, they're so good,
1: you know? When is this coming out? Do we know? A
2: <sighs> couple months, hopefully, you know? Um... I, I, I'm i hoping, you know, my packaging is like, this isn't the packaging. The packaging is gorgeous. The, the artwork is like, it's like Louis Vuitton Yves Saint Laurent Saint Laurent graffiti meets Banksy, the artist. That's cool. The, the coolest like graffiti like uh, artwork that's so beautiful, you're gonna want to have it on your bathroom counter, and all the words all over it, all the type uh, is all very mm-hmm. lifestyle, meaningful. Uh, like, they all, like, you, you, you could have a bottle or a jar in your hand and be like, wow, that's a great thing! Well, wow, that's a really cool thing. Wow, that's really fucking cool. Oh my God, that's really fucking cool. It's like there's little surprises all over the bottle and the artwork is gorgeous, gorgeous. It's not like anything else out there. It sounds,
1: you had me at Louis Vuitton graffiti.
2: There you go, yeah, better than that, better than that.
1: We're gonna have to, you're gonna have to send me some when it comes out. I'm gonna send you everything. I'm, I'm all about a good hair product. So you'll keep me posted
2: when it's you coming have, out. You have my wife's email. I gave it to you. It yes. To email. yes. Right.
1: You have Paul. Yeah. And tell your family, I'm sorry I've taken you away for so long. Really? You're now officially, you've beaten my record. I talked to Patty Stanger the longest, but you have now beaten oh. that record know.
2: Patty's a whole other story. You kept mentioning her name. And, you know, Rob Lee, my original manager was her original manager and her producer She's of... She's a handful. What's the name of her show? The name Millionaire
1: of Matchmaker.
2: Rob Lee is the owner of Bayonne Entertainment that produced Millionaire Matchmaker. Interesting. And I did her hair for it. And then I was on an episode. Did you see the episode I was on? Yeah. Right. I was on an episode. I don't even know what I did on the show. Oh, you know what? She had a guy on from Chicago that was supposed to be the millionaire and it was just this guy who was a salon owner and he was looking for dates and I cut his hair but oh no 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 he was a hairdresser that's why they had me on this black guy really cool Charles or something like that and I they wanted me on Patty wanted me on to put him in his place because he had like a big ego about women and I was like dude what are you thinking like they're not you know they're not your slaves they're they're people yeah like they they, they're the same as you there's no difference like your thinking has to be changed. yeah you know like it's not about your woman staying home and cooking for you and this and that get that shit out of your head bro it's not about that you know it was a little intense, but the Me Too thing didn't start. wasn't way you know back then. Totally, so, you know, I, I, I had to sort of tread the water lightly, you know. But that's why I was on. But Patty and I became friends after that. But we had the same manager and producer, so I knew Patty. Interesting. Yeah, but I could see how you could be on forever with her, and I could see how you could be on forever with me because I never shut up. So I really appreciate it. I hope I didn't say anything that's going to incriminate me.
1: <laughs> I don't think so. Boy. You weren't too. So thank you so much for joining us. We will thank keep in you. touch.
2: Thank you, everyone.
1: And everyone needs to buy these products when they come out. You know what? When they come out, you'll 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 come back on for a short show. You will yeah. get you. You know,
2: I'll have a haircut. You know that I can put my shit in and you know. You
1: look fine, and we'll they're keep both, in touch. We both
2: put it in together, yeah.
1: Definitely. All right, I really appreciate it. Thank you.
2: Love you. Thank you. Love you, guys. Everyone, thank you. Keep in touch, Jonathan Anton. Everyone, stay safe. Wear a mask. Wear we gotta a mask. Gotta we got to deal with what we're, you know, what we're de- the hand that we've been dealt. Sucks, but we got to deal with it. It does. We'll, suck. All, we'll all get through it, right?
1: Absolutely those
2: are no idea but we'll all get through it hopefully soon
1: all right thank you jonathan keep in touch
2: you're welcome all right Bye. Bye
1: bye thanks for listening to yet another episode of behind the velvet rope because without you listeners i would just be a crazy person with voices in my head and if you like what you hear